How should the Mariners protect themselves in case Ty France can't turn it around? And what is a realistic asking price in a Logan Gilbert trade? We'll answer that on a whole lot more coming up here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Thursday, October 26, 2023. This is Tiny Gonzalez and Colby Pattenhead for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode. It's our second mailbag episode of the week. Let's see what you guys want to know. We're going to start here with Brandon. Who asked, uh, would you would an offseason like the one going into the 2022 season be good enough going into 2024? Colby, what do you think? Uh well, let's see. That was the uh that was the strike or lockdown uh yep. year. Uh yep. so that was I think brutal. Before, right before right before the deadline, they acquired Adam Frazier and Robbie Ray. Yep, and then the big move after was the Winker Suarez trade. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they added a at the time they acquired a plus bat. Yep, uh, a guy coming off of an All Star season, mm-hmm. um, and a third baseman who, you know, not coming off a great year, but had thirty home run pop and was moving back to his natural position. Uh, and oh yeah, they signed the the reigning Cy Young Award winner uh yeah i would say that would work just fine yeah. uh, because i mean if, if you're adding essentially a 130 wrc plus bat then a like 100 to 110 wrc plus bat uh at a premium position like second base then you're taking a uh a bit of a shot on a on a high upside player like like gino i think that's kind of what you need to do with the offense this year uh and then you add robbie ray is kind of the cherry on top uh, you know, mid rotation starter. Uh, yeah, I think that would work just fine. And, and, you know, it's funny, they kind of tried to do the same thing last off season. When you look at Tay Oscar as, as the Jesse Winker and you look at Colton Wong as Frazier and, uh, mm-hmm. Pollock is kind of the, the shot they wanted to take, uh, with Gino, but not quite as not quite the same. They just didn't really mm-hmm. go out and get the, the Robbie Ray type either on offense or, uh, in the rotation. Right. So, yeah, I think it's it's probably something they would want to do, something very similar to that. Uh, and I think that if they can pull it off, uh, that is pretty much checking all the boxes. Now, obviously, it depends on what position they play, what type of year they're coming off of, club control, yada, yada. But in a vacuum, just like the idea of going out and getting like a Jesse Winker, uh, Gino Frazier-like uh, trio of bats, based on the years that they were coming off of that winter. Yeah. I think that's pretty much exactly what you need to do. Yeah. That would be amazing. I'd be over the moon for an off season like that. And I think that's an off season. That's the kind of off season that they really need to have this winter. So, uh, I think that should be essentially viewed as like the minimum ask for what this, uh, for what this front office needs to do. I mean, like, 
that is like if you're really if you're really really trying to sell this fan base on you want to win the division you want to win the world series i think you need to do something very similar to what you did in 2022 like you need to add that kind of impact like the process mm-hmm. at least right you know obviously winker didn't pan out and frazier didn't really pan out though he has one of the greatest hits in mariners history right slap thank you slapped in slapped in america mm-hmm. uh slapped in my slapped in. the 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 process was uh very very sound and uh again because like you got a legitimate like by wrc plus standards jesse winker was like a top 10 hitter in all of baseball and frazier was coming off of an all-star season yeah he had a rough second half that he was coming off of but he had an all-star season and gino while the last two years before he got traded to seattle weren't good at all he still was hitting 30 plus bombs in both of those years mm-hmm. like there was still was at outside. least potential to have impact there yeah. i mean none of us i think could really predict that we were going to get what we got out of him in 2022 but yeah that was a really really strong flyer to take and then obviously signing robbie ray which you know i think this offseason the equivalent like the direct equivalent to that would be like blake Snell or yeah. sunny gray and you guys know how we feel about that strategy um and then right you know maybe someone like Jake Cronenworth could be the the Gino Suarez this year. That's not really a, an exact comparison, but AAV is pretty close, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, you know, it's and again, it, it's a little bit tougher because there aren't exact parallels. But uh, yeah, and it doesn't have to be Robbie Ray like go going out and signing a mid rotation starter like Robbie Ray. It could right. be uh, that that could fit, but it could also be like. Hey, you know, it's just we're going to go spend $20 million on a guy in addition to all these other trades we're going to make, or we're going to go spend $20 million on a reliever and a, a platoon bat, a, like a really good right. one. So, right. uh, yeah, it, it's just something like that. Uh, would work and and maybe well. your Jesse Winker is someone that's a little more established, like a Randy or Rosarena, right? Sure. I mean, like, it, it doesn't have to be exact, obviously. Right. I, mean, I don't think there is a, oh, I don't think there is a bat as good as Jesse Winker the year before you acquired him available yeah. on the market unless you're yeah. counting otani and, and soto and you guys know how we feel about those guys but yeah, yeah something like that i think is is something that they want to do and again it's something that i think they tried to do last year with teoscar and, and wong those are pretty similar uh to what they yeah. uh did with winker and and uh frazier so i think it's the same idea do they want to try it for a third time if they get it right if they pick the right guys this time it would work because if Teoscar was what they thought he was, and if Colton Wong was what everybody thought he was going to be, you're probably in the division. You probably win the division this year. So, oh yeah, I mean, yeah, oh you just gotta- by far, like I think without question, I think given yeah. what this team accomplished in spite of all those things not happening, if all those mm-hmm. things did happen, they were probably winning ninety five to one hundred games this year. Like I don't know about that many, but yeah, they. I mean, they've won eighty. They won eighty eight with like. <laughs> Nothing yeah, from I mean, Colton like, Wong Colton and Wong nothing from AJ like Pollock and player, but like and like yeah, yeah. Oscar being like thirty percent worse than he was sure. the year before. Again, the idea behind all those moves made sense. You just needed to do more. And if they did what they did in twenty twenty two, this winter, then yeah. I think we can uh, officially, you know, Jerry's back uh, type of uh, yeah. type of beat. Because remember, from that winter until. Right up until he uh, didn't acquire anybody after Castillo, that was Jerry on like his A game. That was just add, 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 uh, and all those moves made a ton of sense. And and they were yeah. none of them were overpays, and he crushed it. And then, you know, then he kind of stopped after he had Castillo, and it's, right, it's been right. a rough couple of acquisition right. periods since. So he needs to get back on the horse, and hopefully ownership 
uh, will support him. And and yeah, they have an off season like they did that winter that we're going to be in good shape next year. And also, you know, if uh, all those things had panned out, Paul Seawall wouldn't have gotten traded and they probably would have had a better deadline. Just putting that out there as well. So yeah, in theory, I, I, I feel pretty firm on the 95 to 100 wins of all those things went right. Mm. Moving on. Dorian wants to know, would it be better to look within the organization for a first baseman like Locklear or Shiner if Ty doesn't look good next year? Or would we be better off looking in the trade and or free agent market for some sort of safety net? Love the show, guys. Go Ems. Thank you so much, Dorian. So, yeah, no, they need to look outside of the organization. And I have thoughts on that. And I've addressed that within my off-season plan, which mm. you can listen to us make the first steps and... uh, putting that all together on our patreon over at patreon.com forward slash control the zone what did you say it's not a good one ty took a lot of shots on unproven guys which you know i'm I'm just i'm for guys who post but whatever right uh yeah the problem you can't count on locklear uh at all you don't know if he's going to be ready he's certainly not going to be ready to start the year so uh you know maybe july you give him a shot but even then you you want to trust a rookie first baseman that's a pretty premium offensive position you need some production from uh shiner's not a dude he's just he's just a guy in the org if he even they would have called him up this year yeah if they they believed in him yeah Yeah. so yeah it's pretty much locklear is the only guy uh and you're not going to trust locklear as a rookie uh you know in the middle of a pennant race because first base is a position that's you know pretty easy to get some decent production from uh and even you know in the middle of the year so yeah they need to go outside the org and, and there's a handful of guys and it doesn't have to be a guy who you know has played a ton of first base either first base is a position you can kind of fake it a little bit uh so yeah they do need to go outside the org to protect themselves um if not this winter then definitely they'll need to do it next summer unless you know ty france just is a 120 wrc plus bat like he has been for the last few years then yeah uh then you're probably fine yeah, but go get yourself a guy who might, you know, at first at least uh, slot in at DH uh, or someone mm-hmm. that can play, you know, multiple positions, including first base, someone that can go, you know, second base, third base, like Jake Cronenworth or Jeff McNeil or someone like that. Um, or, you know, again, get yourself like a guy that can DH, like Brandon Belt, who, you know, if France doesn't pan out, he can play first base. Cool. Great. Sure. You know, so, yeah, there's a lot of options for them to protect themselves and they should take one of those opportunities this offseason for sure absolutely all right more questions coming up here in just a moment but first a reminder this episode of the lockdown Maris podcast is brought to you by ibotta it's football season so that means pizza wings and maybe even some buffalo chicken dip whatever you prefer at your tailgate go all out and get cash back on every purchase with ibotta Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or upload your receipt after you shop and get your cash back. It's that easy. The average Ibotta user earns $100 per year. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. With Ibotta, you get real cash back that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers, too, when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the Ibotta app now and use promo code MLB to start earning real cash back. Just go to the App Store or the Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app and use promo code MLB. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play Store or App Store and use promo code 
MLB. And you're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen as we do our second mailbag of the week because, uh, frankly, we've run out of content ideas. So we are crawling to the finish line here of the uh, MLB playoffs. And then finally, we'll be in Jerry season and we'll actually have some stuff to talk about. Very, very exciting. Uh, Before we get back into your questions, did you know that Colby's giving away some of his cards? No? Well, then Colby has some news for you. Colby? Yeah, maybe if you guys got off your butts and, you know, subscribed, I might have to give away some of these cards, but doesn't seem like Mm. I'm going to have to, so, haha. You could have won this Matt Brash autograph card, or maybe this Bryce Miller autograph card, or maybe this Brian Wu autograph card, or maybe even this Harry Ford autograph card, but no, you guys couldn't be bothered. So, thank you for allowing me to keep my cards. Thank you very much. So at 9,500 subscribers, Colby will have to give away his Matt Brash card. At 9,750 subscribers, he'll have to give away his Bryce Miller card. At 10,000 subscribers, the Brian Wu card. And at 10,250 subscribers, the Harry Ford card. But you guys only have like four days to make all that happen. So now, to be fair, we are recording this on Tuesday, October 24th, just to pull back the curtain a little bit here. So maybe we've gotten to 9,500 subscribers by this point. Who knows? But with the way that you guys are going, eh, I don't know if we're going to make it. So uh, you guys need to pick up the pace. You need to uh, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already, or tell a friend, tell an enemy, tell whoever to come over and subscribe and leave a comment on any of our episodes dating back to last Tuesday all the way up to October 30th. We will announce the winner or winners if you guys are feeling spicy and want to win multiple cards on Halloween. Terms and conditions down in the description of this episode. All right, let's get back into these questions from you guys. Jace wants to know, do you think we will be more aggressive in the bullpen market, whether by free agency or trade, or will we see the typical Spire, Topa, Got type deals? I mean, yeah, we're definitely going to see deals like that. We're we're definitely going to see the Mariners claim guys on waivers. And, you know, odds are that a couple of those guys are probably going to pop because that's just what the Mariners do. That's the reputation that they have built for themselves. They are very, very good at finding guys on the waiver wire and turning them into legit bullpen pieces like Justin Topa, like Gabe Spire, like Taylor Saucedo. Uh, will they do anything beyond that? They haven't recently. They have in the past, like with Juan Nicasio and Mark Zepchinski, but those deals didn't really work out. But look, we've said this time and time again over the last few weeks. They have to add another high leverage arm. They needed to do that after they traded Paul Seawald at the deadline. They didn't, and the bullpen, specifically in September, suffered because of it. They have to add a high leverage arm this offseason. Have to. And probably the only way that they're going to accomplish that, unless, you know, one of these guys that they find on the waiver wire pops to that certain degree, you shouldn't bank on that, though. They're going to have to go in a free free agency and spend a little bit of money, or they're going to have to trade for someone. And I'm talking about someone established, someone that's coming off of a good year, someone that, you know, you like the stuff, and you think that you can even get maybe more out of it, but someone that's established, someone that's already good right now. You don't have to, you don't have to make your bullpen completely out of guys that you've either fixed or helped develop, et cetera. 
like it's okay to go out and get an established reliever or two. So they should absolutely do that this yeah. offseason. And we're not talking about spending, you know, ninety million dollars on Josh Hader, right? Yeah, you're not, not you're not giving out the Liam Hendricks contract. Like you don't need right. to do that. They're doing Rizal Iglesias, like you don't need to do that. Uh, but you do need to go out and you need to be willing to, you know, if you can get a guy you think you can turn into a high leverage guy who's already kind of close. If you have to give that guy seven million, eight million bucks on a one-year deal, you just do it. Um, yeah, it's it's nice that Topa and Spire pop, but Topa and Spire aren't high leverage guys. Um, so you know the the Mariners uh, really have two high leverage guys, and one of them wasn't all that good this year. So uh, they were probably a high leverage arm short when they traded Paul Seawald, and and now they were at least one and a half or two. Uh, and yep. that guy can't be Baroa. Uh, you can't just count on him to be a high leverage guy from the start. Right. Um, so, yeah, you have to go get somebody. And, and it doesn't really matter if it's via trade or if it's it's free agency or whatever. Um, but you can't just be like, oh, well, we claimed four relievers from other teams. We think one of them will pop into a high leverage guy. doesn't really right. work that way. doesn't really right. work that way. And, and it also, it's totally okay. Like if, if Broa pops or maybe some other guy that you add on the waiver wire pops to that degree where oh, they're no. like one of the I best have... relievers of baseball. Oh no. Now I have five high leverage relievers in my bullpen. Yeah. Oh no. I have five great. Matt Brashes. Ah, oh, shoot. <laughs> what am I going to do? Yeah. Besides yeah, you win should... every game I'm leading after five innings. Like, uh, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want that? <laughs> what the mega, you want the mega pin. Um, yeah. and Hey, you know what? Even if you don't end up needing the mega pin, you can trade one of those high leverage arms at the deadline for something you won't have something you didn't anticipate needing. So yeah, there's nothing wrong with a lot of good bullpen depth. The Mariners have a lot of middle guys, you know, your Topa, Spire, Campbell, even Um, they need somebody closer to the back end um, at least one and probably another middle guy, but yeah, they, they should, uh, they should be aggressive in adding to the bullpen, whether it's free agency or trade, but just not stupid. Yeah. Agreed. Next question comes from Brett. What's a realistic ask for someone like Logan Gilbert? I've seen people throw a lot of trade ideas around, and though I think he's a legit, he's as legit as anyone on the staff, I think people are a little high on his value. I disagree. I think people are properly valuing Logan Gilbert because he is, at worst, a top 30 pitcher in baseball, and at best, like a fringe Cy Young candidate. And he's only getting better. And he still has four years left of club control. And he's still very cheap. Like, that's the hottest commodity in baseball is young, affordable starting pitching with multiple years of club control. Mm-hmm. And Logan Gilbert is in a very finite, like, he's a, he's a very finite commodity because of how established he is, how young he is, how cheap he still is. Like if you're trading him now, which I don't think the Mariners are, but if you're trading him now, you should be able to ask for really anything like within reason, but you should be able to ask for really anything at this point. I would say that what are you willing to give up for Juan Soto? Logan Gilbert's worth at least that and probably more. Yeah. One year of Juan Soto versus four years of Logan Gilbert. Gilbert's more, more valuable. He is. He's a guy who he's younger. He has more club control. By the way, he's been incredibly durable in his career, uh, you know, and and he's still young and there's still upside left and it's a high floor, but there's still a lot of ceiling left too. Uh, He is, if he was shopped, he would probably be the most expensive player to acquire, uh, you know, in terms of trade 
on the market this winter. And honestly, yeah. probably next year too. Like yeah. that's the beauty is that the Mariners don't have to trade him. They don't have to even consider trading him for another three years. Right. So you have to force the Mariners hand. Like you have to make them an offer so good that they feel like they have to take it. Like you mm -hmm. have to buy Logan Gilbert. The Mariners aren't selling Logan Gilbert. You have to buy it. You have to buy him from Seattle, a team who needs Logan Gilbert wants Logan Gilbert. So yeah, yeah. the, whatever you think he's worth, you probably should add, you know, another 50 cents on the dollar to it. Um, he's extremely valuable. And, and that's why we talked about, we, we even talked about the, that this summer when we were like, Oh, are there any like comp deals that we could look at? No, not really. There's not often a 26 year old uh, with four years of club control with uh, Gilbert's track record, Gilbert's durability with his upside, all that. Those guys don't come available that often. So, and the Mariners, by the way, again, they're not looking for prospects. Like prospects aren't going to headline a Logan Gilbert deal. So you're going to need to, to, you know, bring a couple big leaguers and probably a couple prospects to the table, uh, which mm -hmm. is part of the reason why I don't think he, he's going anywhere because we know the Cardinals were interested, but what are the Cardinals going to offer? Lars Newbar and Brendan Donovan, not enough. Try again. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, at that point, we're going to need to start talking about Jordan Walker. We're going to need to start talking about mm -hmm. Mason Wynn. We're going to need to start talking yeah. about those guys, probably multiple of mm -hmm. what they have. You know, right. I mean, so yeah, Gilbert is the Mariners should treat Logan Gilbert essentially like um, the most valuable player that is on the, you know, that is available this winter aside from Shohei Otani because he is, he is, yeah. and he's cheap, which means every team in baseball should have some interest in him. His market's yeah, going to be big. Like it, Gilbert can get you the moon. Yeah, and and I think he's I think he's worth more than than Dylan Cease. I think he's worth yep. more than Tariq Skubal. Yep. I, like I I think in terms of like guys that are pretty much in that same Skubal's tier as him that have very similar you know club control situations, all that. I I think Gilbert's the most valuable out of all of them. All right, a couple more questions coming up in just a moment. But first, a reminder: this episode of the Lockdown Mariners podcast is brought to you by Jace Medical. Modern medical care and treatment are important, but our global supply chains are fragile. Things like pandemics, natural disasters, and foreign travel may cut you off from the treatment you need. Jace Medical is your solution for that. Just fill out our online form and one of our board-certified physicians will review it to determine whether medications are safe and appropriate. Then they will send your prescriptions to one of our partner pharmacies where your Jace order will be filled and mailed directly to your home. Everyone should feel empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. And you're listening to the Locked On Marist Podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen as we answer some more of your questions. We got one here from Swinging for the Fences. Have we seen enough of Jared Kelnick to know whether or not he can be trusted as an everyday player? I've always believed it's better to cut loose a player one year earlier than one year too late. I think it's time to upgrade from Kelnick. Thoughts? Yes, Colby. Thoughts? Dumbest thing I've ever heard. No. That's <laughs> right. Um, I've seen enough from Kelnick to think he's uh, he's worth giving at-bats to next year is how mm -hmm. I would word that. Um, sure. 
I don't know if he's quite worth, you know, just giving 600 plate appearances to and just, you know, let like sink or swim all next year. But I think to start the year, Kelnick should probably be in your starting nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he should be hitting seven, eight, nine instead of, you know, five or one or two, like he was for chunks of this year. Um, and you should have a, a viable backup plan, uh, you know, to who could also play the outfield. Um, but I don't think, I don't think that there's any cause to, to cut him right now. Uh, if you trade him for something valuable, you certainly could do that. Like it, you don't have to have uh Kelnick on your 26 man roster, but I don't think this is a guy that you just give away for, for nothing. You look at what he did last year in about two thirds of a season. He was a one Oh eight WRC plus guy. He was a two win player. Uh, we know he's an above average defender in the corners. He can run the bases really well. And, and, you know, he can even spell you in center field if you need to. Uh, and there, there was upside there. There's, he's still 20, what was 24 years old? Um, I think he turned 24 in July. Uh, so he's still a young guy and he still has five years of club control left. So there's really no reason to, to cut bait with him right now. Uh, you do need to make sure that you're not over-reliant on Kelnick, uh, in 2024, but you don't need to cut him. You don't need to DFA him. You don't need to trade him for peanuts. Um, you can easily carry him on the 40 man. He still has options left too. Uh, if you absolutely need to go that route, like, no, there, there's no reason to give up on, on that guy. Uh, not yep. yet. So, uh, again, if you could trade him, if, if the, he has value in trade and he brings you something that you really want, then yes, fine. I'm open to that. But, uh, no, I, I think Kellnick should go into the, you know, go into spring training with a near lock on a 26 man roster spot and, and should probably be in the opening day lineup. Um, and get, get some, a serious run, get a serious run at the beginning of the year to kind of show, uh, because there was legitimate growth last year and, and, you know, you know what he does bring to the table, even when he is struggling defense base running, uh, draws walks, has pull, has tremendous power. Like there's a lot to like here. And again, he's just 24. So my answer is no, this is not the year to give up on Jared Kelnick. Next question here comes from Jace. Uh, Do you think Brandon Lau is available? If so, what do you think he would cost? Colby, this is a question specifically for you. I wasn't listening. Um, Brandon, Brandon Lau. Um, yes, I'm a fan uh, of Brandon Lau. I think he's a good fit uh, for this team in particular because you have Josh Rojas, because you have Dylan Moore, because you have Caviero, because you have guys who can you know fill in for a week or two if, if you need to and, and stuff like that. And Lau does have some, some back issues that he's dealt with, but he was really pretty good uh, this last year. Uh, you know, he was about a three-win player uh, in about two-thirds of a season. Uh, you know, the lefty pole power is legit. He actually played a really good second base defensively this year, which has kind of been a knock on him the last few years. Uh, there is some versatility, but he's mostly second baseman. But he can you could put him in left. You could put him at third. You could put him at first if you need to uh, for a couple innings here or there, a couple games here and there. Uh, traditionally not a huge platoon split guy. He's about 99 WRC plus career against lefties last year was a different story, but he has crushed righties throughout the way. And that's part of the reason why I'm interested. He's pretty natural fit with somebody like Dylan Moore who handles lefties. Okay. Uh, so I do like him. I do think he's going to be available. Um, I don't think he's going to be cheap, but I don't think he's going to be as expensive as you might think the Rays, not a team that spends a ton of money. Now they have spent a lot more in recent years, but they're not a team that spends a ton. And uh, Lau has a couple of options that are going to kick in. I think he's due about 
$30 million over the next three years. There's two team options. Like it, it's not nothing. It's not a ton. So I think the Rays are open to it because they kind of can cover for, for Brandon Lau. Um, and if they don't trade him this winter and he goes out and he hurts himself again, his trade value probably goes down pretty significant. So I think this is the, the time to trade him. Uh, they have holes, the Mariners and the Rays, good trade partners. They talked this, that we, they talked this summer even. So I think we have a pretty good idea. They have a pretty good idea of what each other's looking for in particular. Um, I think it's going to cost a top 10 ish prospect, uh, preferably somebody who doesn't have to be on the 40 man roster for a while, uh, but can also, you know, be in the big leagues in a year or two. Uh, so I, I think the Mariners have a couple of those guys. It's possible to raise if it's more of a, just a salary dump type of thing, which I don't think it will be, but it could be some bulk, yeah. uh, some yeah. bulk prospects, but it's not going to cost you Harry Ford. It's not going to cost you young or Emerson. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not going to cost you a ton. It's going to cost you something like it's, it's mm-hmm. probably going to be a guy we've heard of would be my guess. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe, uh, even like a Isaiah Campbell and a, a good prospect or something like that, but it's not going to cost you a ton. Uh, and it's, it's a pretty, I would say it's a pretty good fit for Seattle, not a perfect fit, but a pretty darn good one. So yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm interested in, I think it's probably a fringe top 10 prospect. Yeah, preferably well, and they it, don't have to be on the 40 man, maybe Ryan Bliss type or somebody like that. And, and what have we talked about in the past with power distribution, right? If maybe you lack power in a specific spot that usually that's where you get most of your power from, like third base, first base, etc. But you make up for it somewhere else. This is a great opportunity to potentially do that. At second base, second base isn't a, a position that typically produces a ton of power, but Brandon Lau has like legitimate 25 to 30 home run power. I mean, he hit 21 bombs this year in just 109 games. And he hit 39 a couple of years ago. Like he and he's a left-handed bat. <laughs> left-handed power bats project fairly well at T-Mobile Park. So like that would work mm-hmm. very well for for the M's. However, you know, we should mention like I, like you already mentioned the the back issues. He also fractured his kneecap towards the end of the year. How is that going to impact him moving forward? To be you fair, know, that obviously has to be taken into account here. Sure. He felt he fouled a ball off of his knee. Like it's not like it's not like a wear and yeah. tear injury. Like it, it's it's a contact injury. Sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He still feels spent. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not really uh talking about the durability. Yeah, that's not really talking about the durability. It's just more like how is the fractured kneecap going to impact him, if at all? Sure. You know, and obviously forward. before you acquire him, you would get medicals and, and put him through a physical and all that stuff. Yeah. But that's part of the reason why I do like Laudo is because I feel like if he does have to miss a month, I can piece it together with Rojas and Dylan Moore and maybe Caballero or Bliss at that point. Like I feel like I have some guys who can at least hold down the fort for a couple of weeks if I absolutely need to you know, be without Lau for you know 15-day IL stint or whatever. It's time for a question that is going to elicit the signature I don't care from Colby. This one comes from Jim. Is it time to abandon the CS Rise slogan? Colby, say the line. Say it. Say it. Absolutely it is. I have thoughts on this. Oh, um, really? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I don't it's not my favorite slogan, but like it's it's better than true to the blue, I guess, which it kind of had to change, but um, you guys can fill in the blanks there. Uh, so yeah, uh, I, 
I think this is a good winter for a lot of new things uh, in Seattle. New slogan, new uniforms. Yep. Um, I don't believe they're going to do that anymore. It just feels I'm, like they're never going to. Every do that. off season, we've talked about new uniforms. It's just it hasn't happened. I've literally I, been told directly, like, "Oh yeah, they're going to get new uniforms by like a source," and then like it never happens. So I, I just I'm not. It, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, like when they when they just like, hey, stay tuned for on Mariners.com on Thursday at 10 a.m. I'll be like, okay. Yeah. That's probably yeah. something uniform related, yeah. but uh, yeah, but I think now's a good time. Last year was a good time too. Uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. All-star game, I guess may have stopped them. The new city connect drop. Sure. I guess may have sure. stopped them. I, I don't know, but yeah, it's time for a new slogan. Maybe new those logo. were the new uniforms that I was told about was oh, just the city connects. Yeah. Uh, those don't count, but yeah, maybe a new logo. Like, uh yeah I, I think it's a good winter to change some things up and and you know maybe try and separate the eras here and and try and give fans anything to think about other than the the 54 and and you know all that fun stuff and, and the what if payroll. they just leaned into the bit with the 54 percent? what if they just like made I, something I, around that i can't ty i no i can't five plus four <laughs> equals nine coincidence yeah. five plus four equals world series i don't know (laughs) one world series in 12 years do the math uh but uh maybe that's what it should Uh, be hashtag do the math um yeah i mean cs rise is fine like i i don't i I don't think it thematically fits anymore though i don't like because you've arrived most of the guys have come up yeah, yeah most of the guys have come up like they they made it to the playoffs like they took a step back last year or the, you know, this past season. Like I feel like you just from a thematic standpoint, you need something like it doesn't really like, it's not really accurate anymore. So yeah, I think they do need a new slogan, but also I'm going to say the line because you didn't, I don't care. I don't, I'm sorry. I, I don't really care about the slogan. Here I am trying to respect people's questions and ties out here. Just thank you so shade. much for the question, Jim. Thank you so much uh-huh. for the question, Jim, yeah, but also late. I don't care about the slogan. <laughs> too late yeah i don't know it's kind of tough too because like what are you gonna i i just i don't know I'm, this isn't my area of expertise so right uh kevin should get on it um yeah but uh yeah it's friend of the show to, kevin martinez it's time it's time to just tweak things a little bit uh you know maybe try and shake off some of the bad juju from the last year and, and really the last month or so but uh yeah, I think new uniforms would uh would actually go a long way, but uh hmm. yeah, I I honestly I really I don't care that much if it's a new slogan. Yeah, hey, there but, it is. Yeah. yeah. I said it before already. Oh, did you? Um, I didn't notice. Yeah. I mostly tune out when you, you start pay talking. Attention. Yeah. But uh Can you yeah, me? I would say new new slogan uh is fine, but uh I don't know what it would be. Like you're not going back to right. true to the blue. Um No. You're not Nor really, should you. like you're going to lean into like Soto Mojo again? Like, yeah. So yeah, I think it's probably time for, for something different, but I also, they don't change it. I really don't care. So long as they go and they get, you know, three good players, I don't care what the slogan is. They cannot have a hoist sailors though. Not without, not without payment, not without payment. Uh-huh. At least. Sure. I have a number. You guys uh-huh. want to talk? You know where to find me. That's going to do it for find show. you. We can get That's in contact do with show. anybody we want. Right. Before we get out of here, question of the day for you guys. Nope. And 
it's something we've been asked multiple times whenever we've done the mailbag. So we're, we're going to flip it and ask you guys, what would your walk-up song be if you played baseball? Let us know in the comments below. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. For Colby Patton, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. I lost track of what I wanted to say. And Colby at CPAT11. That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Hush. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, we're not going to uh, be doing an episode on Friday. Uh, So have yourself a beautiful baseball day and a beautiful baseball weekend. We'll see you next time. Peace.